welcome to Real Talk Intervention episode number 20. <laughs> Stephanie, this is like, what? We made it to 20. I didn't even I didn't even realize this was episode 20. It's even more times if you count the failures. It's, like pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. So what are we doing today? Stephanie and I have a process where, you know, we sit down, we put in some show notes. But, you know, for, for today's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Now you're going to get the real unfiltered real talk intervention. I, You know that I'm a, I'm a day-to-day grinding, cynical sort of teacher. And I, you know, I'm very data-driven and I'm very focused on the day-to-day. And, you know, and I think you and I, you know, we started a podcast here that's kind of based around this idea of continual improvement and ways that teachers can can do better in their classrooms and ways that they can improve pedagogy. But you know what, Stephanie, I had a moment this week. It was a thing for me. I had a moment wherein I actually realized what I do as a teacher impacts and improves students' lives no matter what I do. Pedagogy doesn't matter nearly as much as you do. What you do doesn't matter as much as the fact that you are doing it. So all the data, all of the practice, all of the philosophy, all of the theory, none of that is nearly as important as you. I was actually reading a study last night that said the exact same thing. The number one indicator of a child's success in the classroom is the teacher. Not what practices you're following, not what pedagogy you're doing, not what content you've got. Nope. Just, you, just you. Just you being there you, every day, you, you. caring about your students, supporting your students, and being there for them. Yes. And I think that that is such an empowering message for teachers. All of the professional development that you go to, all of the ways that you worry about your classroom and your teaching and what you're doing and how you're doing it and the way you're presenting information, none of it is as valuable or as meaningful or as impactful to them as just the fact that you are there showing up every single day doing it. Yeah. I'm going to give my reason and my, my experience that caused me to have this inspirational moment. This is a funny, I think this is a funny way to come to a teaching conclusion. So I um, have recently in the last three three or four months gotten a personal trainer kind of feeling like what is this really going to do for me you know for me a lot of times I don't see myself very much as a student I see myself as as a teacher and I I feel like I'm very self-motivated and self-guided and so I wasn't really sure what having a personal trainer would would really do for me because I felt like I know what to do you know I, I don't know but I've started working with this person and you know it's been a crazy experience to see this this, this thing happen from the student perspective, this thing where all of a sudden, because he is there and because he is watching me and because he believes in me and because he has high expectations for me and because he is supporting me and cheerleading me and paying attention to what I am doing, I'm starting to do better. He's getting into my head. He's pushing me to new levels I didn't think I could ever accomplish. He's making me want to try. And the thing that comes back to my mind is how many times you and I have both said how it is with our students where if they don't personally like you and if they're not personally connected to you, they won't work as hard. And I've always been, you know, I've always thought, why are they like that? Why don't they just realize that it's, it's for their benefit and they should do this? But you know what? It's just human nature. Because even though I should be pushing myself for myself, I don't start doing it until I see that someone's watching me and supporting me and having high expectations for me and believing that I can reach those expectations and keeping the data 
to show me that I'm making growth. Even when I feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm so not good at this, but he can whip out his phone and show me my times and show me my improvement, but it just brings me back to those high expectations, showing me my progress and being there watching it. That's a really good uh, metaphor. It's made me realize what it's like to be a student. And it's reminded me that whatever students you're working with, whether it be, you know, the students who are the most at risk or whether it be the GT students, and you feel like all these kids are going to succeed no matter what I do. No. Yeah. You're being there and you're watching them and you're participating in that with them. It's making them better. Inherently, we all know why we don't like scripted programs. We don't like scripted programs and lesson plans because it's somebody else's voice. And when it's not your voice, it's not authentic. Don't like it. It's because they have a specific way that they like to work with kids. If it doesn't feel like it's a part of them, then it's really hard to take ownership over that. Well, and if it's not a part of them, then those real life connections between the teacher and the student, I feel like they're not, they're not going to be made. They don't exist. You're not yeah. going to get that. Which is hard. I mean, you know, as a profession, I think that the role of the teacher is slowly being farmed out to computer programs or to scripted programs, everything we can to basically diminish the role of the teacher in the classroom. And I think that we've got to go the opposite way. Kids need more access to that human connection. They need less people in a classroom so teachers can't deal with 185 students. We've got to have more bodies in the classroom, more bodies that care. It's been making me think about it. It's been kind of shocking to me to see the the kind of parallels and, and the different ways in which we are students in, in even kind of the non-traditional sense. It's, for me, it really brings back, first of all, the importance of positive classroom atmosphere. But then it also brings in not so much the relationship piece. And we've had conversations before about what does that relationship look like? What does it need to look like? And I think everybody has a different picture in their mind of what that relationship looks like. So I think about, you know, my relationship with my trainer. It's not a relationship in any sort of personal way. I don't think he really even knows what I do for a living, right? <laughs> the relationship between him and I is his commitment to what we're doing together and his tracking what we do together, his remembering what we do together, his being able to call to his mind, here's how you did this last time. Here's where you were on that. You did awesome on it. That's why I know you're going to do more awesome. You know what I mean? It's like that relationship there is is not hurt by the fact that he's data tracking me and the fact that we don't have an individual back and forth kind of relationship, but we have a relationship that's 100% based on his high expectations for me. And I think that's a key thing about as we're working on, on creating student relationships, it's not a matter of liking the student or them liking you. It's a matter of that relationship hinging on the teacher's high expectations for the students. There was a meeting I was in yesterday and we were talking about assessment data and, and teachers were overwhelmed at the amount of assessment tracking and the data tracking that we were doing. And the, the person that was talking to us from administration made the point, we're doing this so that we have the ability to give real information to the student about how they're growing as a learner. It's not about the paperwork or about the program. It's about how we can take that kid, that one individual kid, and make them the best at whatever it is they want to be. You know, so if they want to be the best at X, 
that's what we're trying to get them to. And we're trying to get them the skills to, to, to master that. And if you look at data in the more personal sense, I think that you kind of understand that it's a way for you to know your student as a learner. Um, you don't have to know their home life and you don't have to know how they feel about watching The Walking Dead or anything like that. You just need to know how are they doing as a learner and how are you doing as their coach? Yes. I like the idea of a personal relationship with data because that makes sense to me. And I mean, of course, I guess it, I guess it would, but that kind of makes <laughs> sense to me that the, 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 the data point is what's causing you to have a personal relationship with that student because you're able to look at that student and say, I know you. I may not know everything about you, but I know, but I know these things. Right. Yes, I know these things about you. And the fact that they know that you know those things about them makes them more likely to believe you mm-hmm. when you then tell them, I know you can do better. Yes. I know that there's more that you're capable of. I've seen what your growth can be. And it just makes it more, it just, it, it does. It makes it more personal. It makes it more connected. And it inspires the student. You're not just saying, hey, I believe in you in this in this really mm-hmm. random, obscure, like everybody believes mm-hmm. in you kind of fashion. It's it was mm-hmm. the same thing with my kid. You know, my kid believes that I can literally read his mind. All right. He believes <laughs> I can read his mind because of the, my ability to predict based on what behaviors I've seen from him before. So he'll say, oh, I went to dinner and I'll say, oh, yeah, where'd you go? And, oh, dad took me to McDonald's. And so I'll say, oh, I bet you had this, this, and you really enjoyed eating this, and then you did this. And his mouth drops open like I'm some sort of, like, sage, right? But no, I'm just, I'm tracking his data. That's all I'm doing is I'm keeping track of what he does. And because I can pull that out at a moment's notice, I know him in a way that makes him feel so much more connected to me and so much more like you said, trusting of what I have to say when I need him to do something hard. And that's the thing we need. We need to be able to push them. And we can't do that if we don't have real connections into what they can do. Isn't what most people are doing, what most humans are doing on this earth, is they're just walking around looking for someone to see them and know them. And as a teacher, as that that person in these kids' lives, you have an opportunity to know them in a way that no one else does. Their parents don't know them as a, as a learner. As they don't No, They don't know them as a learner in chemistry. You know, they don't know them in that way. They don't know what they know. That's not the point of the connection there. You have a way to see them in a way that no one else does, encourage them in a way that no one else does and, and cause them to believe in their own abilities in a way that no one else does. And we believe you more when it's back up by information. That's what gets me in my teaching of writing every single time. I always tell my kids, if I just come at you with some sort of information, you have no obligation or nor should you have any obligation to just believe what I'm saying. But if I'm giving you evidence, if I'm giving you data, then that is going to be a supported, substantiated opinion. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're following our own advice as teachers in every single subject. What do we always push? substantiated opinions, substantiated ideas. And I think a lot of times when we get caught up in this pedagogy and and learning styles, which let's be honest, they're 
research is showing more and more that these learning styles aren't exactly well, we have all the learning styles. Even, I mean, we, we all do. They are not exactly something that we need to really be focusing right. on. We you know we have pedagogy, we have learning styles, we have ways of organizing the brain and ways of, of learning things and, oh, try this strategy, oh, try that strategy. But I think all of us teachers really know in our hearts that what really impacts student learning is just the teacher that's in the room. The right teacher in the room, learning is going to happen. The wrong teacher in the room, learning is not going to happen. How do you become the right teacher in the room for every single student? All you have to do is know them and make them see that you know them. And then they will want to learn for you and want to grow from you. And no strategy is going to get that for you. The only thing that's going to let you know your students is to get down to the business of knowing them. However, here's the other piece of that. In my opinion, you have to know where they are, but then you have to know a lot of different ways to get them there. There, There's a kid that I'm working with right now, and she has worked through our reading teacher for like two years. She's been in reading programs and special ed. We're still not able to get her to understand, even a, even a text that's on her level, she's still not able to understand what she's reading. And so I have been throwing at her every week. Let's try this strategy and let's practice this one. Okay, we do that for a couple weeks. Okay, that doesn't work. Well, now we're going to try this one. And we're, we're, we're slowly but surely finding things that work for her. Like she needs lists. She needs color. She needs order and organization and bullets. She needs to have a question that she's answering when she's reading. And it's taking every single bit of pedagogy I know to give her something. So you do have to have that piece. And to me, that's one of the things that I feel like I was lacking as a beginning teacher was like, okay, I see where you are. Now what? What do I do? What, where do I go? It's difficult. It's difficult to track a student. Because I think that she probably, as, as being a sped kiddo, um, she was, she was uh, dyslexic too. So she's been in lots and lots and lots of intervention. And I think that she's mm-hmm. been tracked for a long time and she's been introduced to different strategies. A perfect triangle at this point where she's, she's to the point where she is old enough and mature enough to see that what she does makes a difference in her learning uh, that mm-hmm. she is the primary mm-hmm. agent there. If you can get that perfect triangle with a kid, yeah, you're gonna you're you're gonna need all three of those pieces. I think the two most important things there, I mean, are like you're saying, her agency, her buying into the process. She's seeing success. That relationship is building. I mean, your your strategies are probably not nearly as effective as her working of the strategies. Like her trying to work the strategies, and you're never gonna get that investment if you don't have that relationship piece. That's true. If what I'm saying making sense, true. like I'm, not, I'm yeah. obviously not saying that the pedagogy and strategies and all that are useless. I'm just saying they're not as important or that they won't work. Right. Unless Absolutely. you've already got that, that other piece, that important leg that you're not going to build unless you're down there building that relationship. It's almost like pickup sticks where everything is just kind of laying on top of each other because I wouldn't necessarily feel the confidence to be able to to help her and track her and and to have that relationship if I didn't also feel like I brought something to the relationship. Mm-hmm. All of those things mm-hmm. just all feed into each other and, and you know that's what makes an effective learning environment is when the teacher has the ability to switch to different 
different strategies for different kids. When the, when the teacher's using that data to inspire and the kids feel that connection to, to being known. I think all of it has to be there. And, and honestly, it all centers around that, that nexus point, that, that teacher that's in the classroom. The most inspiring teacher in your life, can you think of them? Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I have to say probably, <laughs> do you remember the trainer that you got me involved with when we were doing that boot camp? Yeah, see, <laughs> look at the sports. <laughs> oh my you know what, God. Stephanie, look, the you know what, I'm going to say, let's be honest. I mean, our, our listeners are in a high school level. Let's be honest. Who has the most pool and influence over your students? Coach. Coaches. What do you call when they're not doing their work? And look, here you and I are in our exact same life. I mean, what is coming to mind? It's these people with their athletic ability. And you know what? I'm telling you, athletics has the same, it's the same thing. It's pushing, it's high expectations, it's relationships, and it's data. It's coaching. These are the people who inspire us to greatness. It's coaching. Yeah. And so maybe we as teachers, we need to reevaluate what we're doing and look at ourselves as coaches. Rather than teachers. I mean, I already been doing that. Oh, my. I think that you just I couldn't believe you said that. (laughs) But it's so true, though. But, you know, it was that it was that feeling to bring it back to like the idea of intervention. I think one of the reasons that you and I have this feeling about these athletic trainers, and I think it relates a little bit to to intervention kids and also to GT kids. You know, you and I uh, were academically very gifted and we didn't struggle in school, but athletically, you know, not so much. I mean, that's the moments that we needed intervention, that we needed somebody to come in and inspire us and try different strategies and get us to buy in and believe in ourselves. So I think that's probably why we're gravitating more towards these coaches or these instructors in our life rather than academic. And I think, you know, if you look at us as being the intervention tier three students with athletics, I think it even more brings out how important this is for your uh, intervention kids. And I think it, but I think it goes the other way for your GT students too. I mean, like I was an athletically inclined person, obviously before this guy, and I did a lot of things and I performed well. So I was going to perform regardless of whether or not I was working with this person, but now I'm performing better. And so with your GT kids, you know, you can't necessarily just rest on your laurels and, or even get down on yourself and think, it doesn't matter what I do. I can just show up and these kids are going to be successful. But they could be more successful. Just by being there and being aware of them and watching them, it is going to encourage them to greater and greater things. And as teachers, as we get into the second six weeks and we start to experience the slump, never forget that. Never forget that. There are kids in your classroom right now who are struggling to to do whatever it is they need to do whether they're gt kids and they're struggling to keep their eyes open because they're bored of tears because they know all this already mm-hmm. or they're kids that you know this is like <laughs> what you're talking is greek and they have no idea what you're talking about there are ways for you to connect with each one of these kids and i had a really good speech coach in in middle school that i really connected with but it was that connection and that feeling that I could do anything in her class that really did it. And, and she pushed me to greater heights than I ever thought that I could reach. So it's, it's about that connection, but it's also saying that every single kid can use you in some way, shape, or form, needs you in some way, shape, or form. I hear a lot of, of self-talk from teachers, you know, a lot of times like, oh, that kid's just smart. They're going to do amazing. Or, you know, this kid never comes to school. So what can I do? I, I, I can't do anything about that. Oh, this kid has this home life. So I can't do anything about that. 
you're so wrong. You're so wrong. You matter so much. You matter. Okay, maybe the pedagogy matters, but you matter more than the pedagogy, more than the instructional strategies, more than any of it. And the way that you can most fully leverage your power is by using data to prove to your students that you know them. And data helps your most recalcitrant students believe that you know them. The ones who know that they are not going to be successful, all of a sudden, when you find that little piece of of movement forward, whoa. Yeah. You mean it does matter? Yeah. Oh. Stephanie, I wanted to sit down and have a podcast that's just basically us talking about the power of teachers. Because we obviously believe very strongly in the power of teachers. We believe in the power of ourselves. We believe in the power of our colleagues. But we can spend so much time the mindset of always learning. Sometimes you can kind of forget that you are enough. You really are enough. You can do it. You don't have to be the most perfect research-centered teacher. All you really have to do is get in and care and show your kids that you care, that you're committed to their learning, and you are enough. You're enough. You got this. We see you, and you have got this. Uh, we are proud of you. It's October, but it's almost November. We are proud. And you know that Thanksgiving yes. break is coming, yes. honey. Just keep yes. on hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going to be okay, and you are making a difference. So um, we are Real Talk Intervention, and if you want, if you do want to hear more about instructional strategies and ways that you can improve your classroom, you should follow us on Facebook, Real Talk Intervention. We also are blogging at realtalkintervention.blogspot.com. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and on Stitcher, and we really appreciate uh, likes and shares on social media. If there's a teacher in your life who you know needs to be told that they are enough and what they are doing matters why don't you send them the link to this podcast and 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 let them know teachers can always use that thanks a lot for listening bye